0: Well, welcome back to The Front Porch. You, you are here at the uh, Pastor and People Podcast. This is your host, Isaac Adams, and I'm sitting here with the Beatty. What is good, the beatty It's all good, man. You know, the weather's changing, so brother brother, look cold right by <laughs> now. I saw a tweet. I saw you were uh, telling Winter that she came far too early. That's Way right. too early for a brother that's been on the island for eight years. <laughs> I believe it, man. I believe it. It is cold. I'm sitting here in my sweatshirt, but... Uh, I think before we even hop into things, I just want to give a quick thank you, and I know I speak on your behalf as well. Just a thank you to folks who stopped by the new website, Mm. who were given encouragement, uh, who were checking out the new features and the new articles. Mm. Uh, We thank you for all your feedback. Uh, The reason we're here is laboring for you all and for your edification, so we do appreciate that. Um, And you all checking out the new podcast as well. We pray it is a blessing to you. And then this month of November, we've been talking about... Uh, this topic that people need more than a church, they need a shepherd, right? And then this first episode we talked about working together for your joy, but now we've kind of switched tracks to this idea of shepherding and what that means for the body and what that means even for the shepherds, right? So today I want to talk with you to be about what a shepherd is. We're going to hopefully talk about differences between preachers and pastors and I mean, really. Let's just be practical. What difference does this make, right? So, I want to start this off with with a little bit of a punchy statement, uh, and see if you can run with this. That you do need more. You do need a church, basically. Correct.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the the as you said, the theme for this month is you need more than a church. Right. You need a shepherd. Right. And to say that someone needs more than a church almost sounds like heresy for uh, Nine Marks guys right. and, and folks affiliated with that. Um, so it's important that we stop and say, yeah, you do need a church. Uh, because there are also people who seem to think that their spiritual lives are defined primarily by their relationship with their pastor mm-hmm. um, and don't have a view toward a healthy relationship with the rest of God's people. Mm-hmm. So you do need the rest of God's people. You, you do need a church. A church is is vital the church is God's only plan for our maturity in Christ. And I'm thinking there of Ephesians 4, around verses 11 to 16. Okay. It's as the body and each part in the body does its part, supplies what it supplies to the rest of the body, and the, and the body is building itself up in love, that we all come into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So we do need a church and the purpose here is not to minimize that or even defend the notion of church membership. Uh, there's some wonderful books out there. If people want to think about this more that they should uh, they should pick up and devour. think of Jonathan Lehman's book on church membership. Uh, a few years ago, Josh Harris. Wrote a wonderful little book called Stop Dating the Church. Mm. Um, and um, if you're already convinced that you should be a member of a church and you want to know, well, what does a healthy member look like, um, and at the risk of sounding self serving, the little book I wrote with Crossway some years back called What is a Healthy Church Member, yeah. hopefully those would be helpful to folks. But there's something very key about the life of a church and something very key about the Christian life that we shouldn't miss. And, and that key question that we need to ask ourselves is: Are the leaders, mm-hmm. the elders of a church, right. are they truly shepherds? Mm-hmm. Um, because you need more than a church; you're going to need shepherds in the Christian life.
0: Okay, so I, so let me stop you right there, then, because you said that church that church membership and there's obviously regular attendance at a church that's basic, mm-hmm. but that it's also basic that they need leaders and are these leaders shepherds? Mm-hmm. So I want to pause right there because that word shepherd would strike. Uh, a lot of folks at a lot of different angles. What do you mean by shepherd? That's a great question. You know, it's a it's a very um, well known
1: metaphor for pastoral leadership, um, but maybe not deeply understood. The theme of shepherd runs throughout the entire Bible, and it's the chosen metaphor that that God uses in His Word to talk about the leaders of his people. Mm-hmm. Even all the way back into the Old Testament in, in the days of, of Israel, the kings were called shepherds mm-hmm. uh, and they were to shepherd God's people. Uh, and it's maybe helpful to, to think about what the Old Testament says about shepherds uh, using a negative example, mm-hmm. because the kings of Israel were not always shepherds. Mm-hmm. And it's when God chastises them for their lack of faithfulness that we, we get a picture of what a shepherd ought to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking here of Ezekiel chapter 34, yep. uh, beginning mm-hmm. verses 1 to 7. Here's, here's what the Word of God says. It says, The Word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, Should not shepherds feed the sheep? Mm -hmm. You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Yeah. And so that's the Lord really giving us a picture of what a shepherd is in reverse. Uh, so verses 2 and 3 there, he says basically you didn't feed the sheep. Yeah. So a shepherd is one who feeds the sheep. Um, He says that they failed to strengthen the weak. And so part of what a shepherd does is to take the weak sheep and and nurse them to full health, to Mm -hmm. full strength. They didn't heal the sick. They didn't bind the injured. Um, They failed to bring back those who were straying, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and they didn't seek the loss. Uh, And rather than lead gently, they beat the sheep. Mm -hmm. They led the sheep harshly. And what's interesting here is these shepherds weren't alone. They had some favorites among the flock. So back in verse, uh, verse 3, um, it, it talks about how the shepherds got on with the fat ones. Mm. Um, and, and so they're people who benefit in churches from poor leadership. And they tend to form a kind of clique. But that's not what God has in mind for his people. What he has in mind for his people are, sh- are faithful shepherds uh, who tend the sheep
0: and care for the sheep as God himself would have them do that. So let me ask you a question right there, then. So if I'm, let me start from the pastor's perspective. If I'm a pastor and I have, I see some sheep around me who really like me, we even have this little clique, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm doing a great job with these sheep, you're clearly saying that's not necessarily a sign that I'm shepherding my whole congregation well then.
1: No, not at all. It may just be fear of man. You found some people who agree with you, um, and so you found their company easy. But the shepherd is to go in among those, who, those sheep who bite, those sheep who leave, leave droppings, mm. um, those <laughs> sheep who wander off. Um, you've got to love the whole flock. And, and if the Lord gives you friends in the church, and I think he often does, and I think that's a wonderful blessing from the Lord, okay. you're to value those friendships and to draw strength from those friendships, but not in a way that prejudices you further yeah. uh, against the rest of the flock. Right, so sometimes when pastors find themselves in conflict, what what they will do is they'll listen to those people who tend to give them kudos, yeah. um, and and what happens inevitably is they get they get drawn away to that group uh, rather than getting their arms around the whole flock and caring for the whole flock um, at risk to themselves because that's what that's what shepherds do, and not to do that is disastrous. Mm. So you, you think about Ephes- um, Ezekiel thirty four. Uh, verse 5 and 6, unfaithfulness is a disaster for the people. They are they are left scattered and wandering, God says here, all over the face of the earth. And unfaithfulness as a shepherd is disastrous for the shepherd too. So, so consider verses 7 and 10 of Ezekiel 34. He's gone through all his charges against the shepherds. They have not shepherded the people. And notice what he says. He says, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, you know, God is serious when he starts to speak that way. (laughs) As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. And this is a striking thing. God says, I'm against the shepherds, and no longer will they feed upon my sheep in this way, um, but, but I'm going to come against them. And I'm going to require at their hand the sheep that they have slaughtered. They're going to give an account uh, for their unfaithfulness. So to be in a church without shepherds is disastrous for the shepherds, the so-called shepherds in that church who aren't watching over the flock. That they're going to give an account uh, for that. And it's disastrous for the sheep who are, in the worst-case scenario, like this here in Israel, are preyed upon, are fed upon, um, or who are scattered and left wandering and helpless um, in, in the wilderness that is the world. Um, and so we, we need more than a church. We, we need shepherds.
0: Amen. Amen. And that's um, what you read from Ezekiel is uh, terrifying, I think, in a lot of senses and very sobering. And I know, I know you presented a negative example there that I think was extremely helpful. Um, but thinking of Psalm 23 and then positive ideas, that we have of a shepherd, you know, we're not just all negative on the front porch, but try to bring it around to that idea. What do you see there then um, as a shepherd's role to even image the the chief shepherd, right? Because the shepherd is ultimately an under shepherd. Um, what do you what do you do you see anything there from Psalm 23 or those texts? Yeah, you, you anticipate, you know, what I'm thinking again, this is a, a very rich metaphor
1: through the scriptures, um, so you point to that classic text, which almost everyone would know by heart—the yeah, right. um, 23rd Psalm. How does that begin? The Lord is my shepherd, mm-hmm. and 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 then what does he what does he confess? I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so in the most general terms, um, the shepherd is the person who cares for not the wants in terms of you know you got a, a little child who who wants every right. toy they see, right. not like that. But the needs, they they are lacking nothing. They are wanting nothing. The shepherd is the one who provides for all the needs of the sheep. And even in Ezekiel 34, in the end of that chapter, God says, You know what? I'm going to be their shepherd. Uh, I will shepherd my people. I will seek my people. I will find my people. I will bind them up. I will heal them up. Uh, I will do this myself. And of course, that gets fulfilled in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who tells us in John chapter 10, that he is the good shepherd. You know, one of my favorite images, um, shepherd images from the scriptures is really Isaiah 40, verse 11. Uh, where there the Lord God says uh, he's going to gather his sheep and he's going to carry them in his bosom. Mm. I have a, um, a a little carving from Israel that a, a former church member gave me after she visited Israel. It's made of olive wood and it's a, it's a shepherd. Uh, and, and the shepherd is walking and he has a, a sheep uh, draped over his shoulders. He's mm, right. carrying the sheep on his shoulders and it, it's a lovely carving. Um, but, but what Isaiah 40, 11 pictures is something more intimate than that. So the shepherd, yeah, he may sometimes carry the sheep on his shoulders right. and, and that suggests a kind of burden, right? Right. Um, but in Isaiah forty eleven, God says, "I carry you in my bosom. Mm. I carry you close to my heart. You're mm. dear to me. You're a part of me." Um, and that's what the shepherd does. The shepherd, the shepherd does those kinds of things. Gives us life, indeed, for the joy of the sheep, for the right. blessing of the sheep. Right. So um, our Lord Jesus says in John ten, verses ten to fifteen, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Right. And truthfully, those unfaithful shepherds in Ezekiel 34 Ezekiel, yeah. were thieves, yeah. right? Uh, but he says, but I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and he's the kick, and I lay down my life for the mm-hmm. sheep. Yeah. So the cross work of Christ is shepherding work. Yeah. And, and the cross work of Christ is, is it a demonstration of the, of the shepherding heart mm. that the Savior has. And he lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what that metaphor of shepherd teaches us about the character of God. And that's for the people's joy mm. uh, when they have a shepherd like that who will lay down their lives for them um, in, service, in service to them. Wow.
0: Well, I think I love what you're talking about here because you've, you've talked about the burden of shepherding. Right? And you've talked about the weight of it that you are shepherding these people before the Lord as one who will give an account. So God is going to bring you into account for the sheep who are under you, right? And that's a heavy task Mm. and a scary one, Mm. right? But Paul also says that he who desires this work aspires to a good thing, a noble task, Mm. right? And I'm just curious. I know. And 1 Peter, it speaks of rewards for the shepherds mm-hmm. and just encouragements for the shepherd, not that they do it to be rewarded, mm-hmm. but there is, is there not, maybe I should frame it like this, is there not a reward or a prize for this, in a sense, cross-Christ-like work that they're doing? Huh? Could you speak to that? Absolutely. I, two texts come to mind. Uh, Hebrews 13, again, Hebrews thirteen
1: seventeen, 17, right. um, where the people are instructed to obey their leaders, to obey their shepherds. And then they're told, why? Uh, for he watches over your soul as a man who must give an account. So there's the accountability aspect there. But then the writer of Hebrews also says um, that that he is, the shepherd is to have this joy mm. in watching over the sheep, in watching over the soul. So God intends for there to be joy in the shepherding, even though the shepherding can be difficult. And then as you pointed out, 1 Peter 5 Peter tells us that there's a great reward for those who shepherd faithfully. So 1 Peter 5, let me read um, verses 1 to 4. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. So here Peter is sort of saying, listen, I'm a fellow elder. I'm a shepherd as well. And, and then he uses the word shepherd here, not as a noun, but as a verb, right? Verse 2 Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And then he says in verse 4 And when the chief shepherd appears, is Christ. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So it is for the, the pastor, the elder, the minister, the shepherds, unending joy that they, they give themselves to this task. That there's, there's a crown of unfading glory that the chief shepherd has and will bring when he comes to give to the faithful shepherd, um, the faithful under shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep in the same way that Christ has laid down his life for the sheep. So this is, yeah, hard work, but it's also a glorious
0: reward. So that's a very helpful discussion about what a shepherd is specifically. And I have a question here. What is the difference then if a shepherd is like a pastor and then there's also the concept of the preacher And if that's the pastor's work, you know, these circles start to blend together quickly. You know, is a preacher synonymous with a pastor? Or what is the difference then between a pastor and a preacher? That's a great question, Isaac, because I think one of the temptations
1: in our day um, where where we get the recovery of preaching and the centrality of preaching. um, Which we should praise God. Praising God for. That's right. That's a blessing in our day. Um, but many of our blessings also have, you know, yep. sharp edges and you know negative sides to it. And yep. and 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 what I would say about this is that you can so emphasize preaching mm. as so central and expansive in your ministry that you you actually neglect shepherding.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, to put that another way, the 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 a man may be a preacher and not a shepherd, but you can't be a shepherd and not a preacher, right? And we'll talk more about that. Uh, in next week's podcast, um, one of the things a shepherd does is feed the flock, right? But that's only one of the things that the shepherd does. There are other things that the shepherd is committed to. Um, so when you have a man who's committed to preaching, uh, but doesn't have a bigger concept of shepherding, um, he may preach wonderful sermons, but he may find that his sheep are scattered uh, and, and, and herding. Let, let your mind go back to Ezekiel 34, some of the things that are said there that the sheep needed. They needed to be sought. The wounded needed to be bound up, had their wounds bound. The sick needed to be healed. The picture of sheep that you get in Ezekiel 34 and throughout the Bible is that we're needy people, mm-hmm. right? And we're sort of constantly, all of us as sheep, we're constantly in need of being cared for and corralled uh, and, and guarded. And the difference between a preacher and a shepherd, if I could use, if I can switch metaphors for a moment, is a lot like the difference between, well, let's put it this way. Let's imagine then that you are a soldier Mm -hmm. and you're in a war and you're behind enemy lines, you're in enemy territory. You've been shot and you're wounded and you've managed to sort of scurry away into the jungle. Find a hiding place. It's cold. You don't have food. What you have is your radio, mm. and you radio your commanding officer, and you say, "This is about where I think I am, but I'm lost. Um, I've been wounded. Um, I've run out of rations. I have nothing to eat. Temperatures dropping. The rains falling. Um, you know, I need. I need an extraction. I need to be rescued." And the question is this. Who do you want the commanding officer to send to you? Do you want him to send a sniper or do you want him to send Navy SEALs? Mm. Right? Snipers are great, but they stay up on a perch and they shoot long distance. They're not particularly good at coming into the jungle and and pulling people out of the jungle. You want seals to do that. You want Navy seals to do that. Um, And that's the difference between preaching and shepherding. The preacher is like that guy who's holding a sniper rifle from the pulpit, firing shots, maybe well-aimed shots, but only when he has a clear line of sight. No, the shepherd is that guy who puts on his boots, goes into the jungle, finds the one who's wounded, the one who's hungry, the one who's lost extracts them from enemy territory, and brings them back to safety. Uh, And all of us are in need of shepherds because we all from time to time need to be sought after, brought back into the fold, healed, comforted, fed, and protected. That's
0: good. That's good, Mm -hmm. T. And let me just ask one last thing as we conclude. Um, Because as a young man aspiring to the ministry, and I see a lot of my peers, that it seems that a lot of us often desire to be preachers, Mm and not shepherds, mm-hmm. right? We, and wrapped up in that is the desire for a platform or what have you, and I know there's a lot there, but what would be your encouragement then uh, to just even, not even necessarily young men in the ministry, but men in the ministry who are saying, who are even discovering in themselves a proclivity to want to be the preacher, the main sniper, but not necessarily the main under-shepherd. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I want to say is
1: is there may be some factors in the church that contribute to that. So just real quickly, you may be in a church of you know several thousand, mm-hmm. right? And um, how you shepherd, um, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this more in a future episode, but how you shepherd is going to look quite different from how you shepherd uh, a church of a couple of dozen, right? right? So I, I want to... Put that qualifier on the table, but having said that, having said that, I think I would want to encourage that guy to worry less about his preaching, deliver a B plus sermon or a B sermon, and to commit himself to First Corinthians thirteen, love for his people, mm. that and and to realize that if he's still preaching faithfully even though he's maybe putting in five less hours a week on his sermons and he's, he's preaching B sermons. But he gets to know his sheep and walk with his sheep. His sheep will love him even more than if his church is simply a preaching point where he fires off good sermons. Uh, and he will find that the character of the church as a whole will change as people not only feel and sense his love personally, but then are enabled to share the same with, with others in the church. Um, and so if you, want, if you want a healthy church and you want a church that knows something about how to live together as a people um, and a church that supports the shepherd and receives his ministry such that his ministry is a joy, then don't be a sniper. Don't just be a preacher. Come down and live among the people uh, and serve the people. And you're going to find that A, it gets messier and B, it gets a little bit more difficult. But see, you're going to know the people better, they're going to know you better, and the whole thing is going to be enriched by the love of God.
0: Amen. Amen. And that's where we end this again, focusing on the relationship and the joyous work that a pastor shares with his people. I'm just going to read our uh, thematic verse, kind of try to bring it here every time. Second uh, Corinthians 1:24, Paul says, "Not that we lord it over you, not that we lord it over your faith." But we work with you for your joy. Amen. For you stand firm in your faith. Amen. And that's where and that's where we ended today. Thank you for joining us on the front porch on the Pastor and People podcast. Next time we're gonna be talking about what does a shepherd do? So we're gonna be looking at different resources, routines. Uh, what are she protected from? What are people past Where are they pastored to? And some different questions there, uh, but we'll end it there for today. Thank you for joining us on the front porch. I won't